بسم الله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أرسل الله تعالى بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا داعيان إلى الله بإذنه وصراجا منيرا فأما بعد فقال تعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون وقال يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما وقال نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه واله وصحبه وسلم ان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدع وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار my respected brothers sisters elders This is the second part of the khutbah which I started last week which is the honor and the izzah of the ubudiyat of the slavehood of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the hadith al-Qudsi of Abu Hurairah radiyallahu anhu who narrated on the authority of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam who said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, whosoever shows enmity to someone devoted to me, to my wali, I shall be at war with him. My slave does not draw closer to me with anything more beloved than my, than me, than, more beloved by me than his faraid, than the religious duties that I have enjoined upon him. And my slave continues to draw near to me with the nawafil, with the supererogatory works, so that I love him. When I love him, I am his hearing with which he hears, his seeing with which he sees, his hand with which he strikes, and his foot with which he walks. Were he to ask something of me, I would surely give it to him. And were he to ask me for refuge, for protection, I would surely grant it to him. I do not hesitate about anything as much as I hesitate about seizing his soul. The soul of my faithful slave, he hates death and I hate hurting him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in another hadith of Qudsi, narrated by Abu Hurairah on the authority of Rasulullah who said, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu says, I am just as my slave thinks I am. Ana inda zanni abdi bih. I am able to do for my slave whatever he thinks I can do for him. Before I go further, I say, Ya Rab, I and all of you here, we believe about you that you will forgive us inshallah. And we ask your forgiveness. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, I am able to do for my slave whatever he thinks. I am for him as he thinks I am. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, 
And I am with him if he remembers me. I am with him if he remembers me. If he remembers me within himself, I remember him within myself. And if he remembers me in a group, a group of people, I remember him in a group that is better than that group. And if he comes nearer to me one span, which is this distance from the, if you extend your hand from the tip of this thumb to the tip of the little finger. If he comes to me one span, then I go to him one cubit. And if he comes to me nearer to me by one cubit, I go to him for a distance of two outstretched arms from one end to the other. And if he comes to me walking, I go to him running. I remind myself and you that when we accepted the kalima, when we said, Ashadu an la ilaha illallah, wa ashadu anna Muhammadur Rasulullah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the key to closeness to him into our hands. If we want to get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who has the power? We have the power. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opened the door and left it open. He said, come. Therefore, if we want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to approach us, we need to approach him first. So who has the key to be close to Allah? We have the key. So what is this arrogance among us that we don't want to submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Why? My brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala relieved us of almost all the effort. He's saying, if you want me to remember you, remember me. Fadkuruni, adkurkum. If you remember me, I will remember you. So if you want me to remember you, remember me. Get this feeling in your hearts. What is the meaning Allah remember, remembering you means what? We remembering Allah means what? Which means here sitting in this masjid here or wherever we are, we say, Ya Allah. We say, Alhamdulillah. We say, Subhanallah. We say, Allahu Akbar. <coughs> right? That's remembering. So if Allah is remembering you or me and he says, I will remember you, what does it mean? It means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on his arsh is taking your name. Our problem is <coughs> that the ilm of deen for us, may Allah protect me from myself. The ilm of deen for us is a bunch of words. No matter how eloquently we say those words or you know how poetically and how beautifully we recite the Quran and so on, at the end of the day, it's a bunch of words. That is never and that was never the purpose of the Ilm of the knowledge of Islam. Islam is the name of a practice. Like Judo. Like Karate. Like Aikido. If I claim to be an expert in Judo or Karate or Aikido. And on the street somebody tries to mug me. Somebody tries to attack me. What will I do? I'll say hold on a second. Let me describe to you. What this particular hold in judo means. 
and i say this is narrated by so and so expert in judo and it is written in such a book of judo and this is what will happen by that time right i am history if i know judo i must be able to do judo not talk about judo this is our problem we are great talkers so for us deen is talk faskuruni askurukum we can ask allah anything have you asked allah anything when was the last time you asked allah anything and did allah give it to you how come Allahu Samiul Alim. Yes, very good. Allah hears everything. Allah knows everything. Samiul Basir sees everything. Does my life reflect? If you look at my life, you put you know hidden cameras and you see me walking, talking, dealing people, what not, what not. Does it reflect the life of somebody who really believes that Allah is watching? Or are all my words for a khutbah? This is the question we have to ask ourselves. Islam is not a bunch of words. We have made it into a bunch of words. Dry words have no no effect on anything. So our hearts are still fear, filled with fear and anxiety and stress and this and that. Nothing changes, even though we say Shadwa la ilaha illallah, la haula wa la quwwata illa billah, la yanfi wa la yadur illa Allah. Nobody can harm, nobody can benefit except Allah. Then why are you afraid of other things? No one can do anything other than Allah. Then why do you go ask other people? On the day of judgment, I will meet Allah, and Allah will ask me about what? How did I spend my time? How did I spend my youth? Where did I earn my money from? Where did I spend it? What did I do with my knowledge? And then what do I do? I go back into my haram business and I run it. I go back and borrow money on loans. And pay interest. My brothers and sisters, come on, get, give me a break. I mean, seriously, give yourself a break. Get real. Get real. If we believe that we are going to stand before Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, Jalla Jalla, when that can happen any minute, any second, what is the evidence of that in our lives? If the evidence is not there, believe me, you and I can talk till the cows come home. Nothing is going to change. It won't change in my life here, and it will not change on the day of judgment. Period. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is saying, "You want me to remember you? Remember me. You want me to approach you by an arm's length? Approach me by one inch. You want me to approach you by multiple arms lengths? Approach me by one arm length. You want me to run to you? Come to me walking. Just walk in my direction. I will come running to you. So, in whose hand is the key? Ours." Think about this. If we want to meet somebody big and powerful in this world, right? Some prime minister, president, this one, that one. What is the process? First, you ask for an appointment. Usually, you can't even directly do that. You got to find somebody, some wasila, right? Some tawassul. You have to find someone who knows the president, what not, and through that person, you seek an appointment. You can't just walk in there and say, "Hi, Mr. President, I'm here." No way. Doesn't work. So you ask for an appointment. Either they accept it or they reject it. If they reject it, your job is over anyway. If you get the appointment, think about this. There are three things 
which that person, that president, that prime minister decides. You don't decide that. What are the three things? Number one, boundary. What are the boundaries of the discussion? You may want to tell him your life story. He doesn't want to listen to that. He sets, how much will you talk? What will you talk about? Will you get his full attention? Usually no. Number two, time. Time and place. When will this meeting happen? Where will it happen? Many billionaires in the corporate world, they take great delight in saying, I have my board meetings at 2 o'clock in the night. So now you want to meet this guy so badly and he calls you 2 o'clock in the night. What do you do? You go. You don't say, sorry, you know what? This is my tahajjud time. No, 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 you go. You ask for the meeting. So he decides the time. And then your meeting starts and you start talking. Two minutes into that meeting, he stands up. Finish. Meeting is over. Right? You wanted to tell him all kinds of things. He's not interested. He stands up. End of your meeting. More than likely, you never got what you wanted. This is the dynamic of our world. Big fish eat small fish. And the third thing is place. He calls you, wherever he calls you, you go. He doesn't pay for your ticket, you pay for your ticket. You do whatever it needs to be done and you reach there. Now think about meeting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Dealing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is nothing like this. Nothing like this. That's why I said the our ubudiyat, our slavehood to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is honorable. It's hugely prestigious. Is it even slavery if I go to my love, to my Rabb who welcomes me without any appointment? Think about that. And no appointment. Where can you meet Allah? Anywhere. In your shop, in your masjid, in your home, in your car, on the street, wherever. You want to be in the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What do you need to do? Allahu Akbar. You are in Allah's presence. You are standing there in Allah's presence. You make sajda. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, the sajda is not on the ground, it is before the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No appointments. No intermediaries. No secretaries. And how long does this meeting last? Who ends this meeting? You end the meeting. You get tired. Seriously, the first time I did Hajj, you know, the, the, the du'as of Yom al-Arafah are so accepted and so on, so on. So I had this huge thing. Why God, I'm going to make du'a. And I go outside, I stand there, I raise my hands and I'm making du'a, I'm making du'a. And I, feel, I run out of everything. I, I ask about whatever I wanted. Everything, everything, everything. And I look at the time, it is 15 minutes. I said, subhanAllah, I got the whole day. I did all of this dua and it's like 15 minutes. Halas. Who ends the meeting with Allah? We are. We get tired. We get tired. Allah does not get tired. Allah has no schedule of appointments. He's not constrained by that. Which language can you speak to Allah in? 
Preferred language Mandarin, of course, but which language? Any language. Without language. Allah is the creator of all languages. Allah did not say, ask me only in Arabic. No, any language. Dua, which is inna dua, wa ribadah. Qala Nabi He said, dua is ibadah. That is why dua to anyone other than Allah is haram. It's shirk. No constraints for dua. Ask whatever you want. Ask wherever you want. Ask however you want. Ask in any language you want. I have wudu, make dua. I don't have wudu, make dua. I need ghusl, I'm not able to make ghusl, make dua. I'm lying in my bed fast asleep. I get up in the, in the night. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, you ask anything at that time, Allah will give you. You suddenly wake up in the night, eyes open. In the bed. He said, ask Allah and Allah will give you. Do we have this awareness? أقول قولي هذا استغفر الله لي ولكم وليسائل المسلمين فاستغفروا إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله همنا كثيرا كما أمر ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله قال تعالى إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد مبرزن سيستن تاكينج أبوت أو كنكشن مع الله سبحانه وتعالى Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, you can say anything to him. You can laugh, you can weep, you can whatever you like. Because he is your closest confidant. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ وَدُعُونِ أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ عَنْ إِبَادَتِي سَيَدْخُلُونَ جَهَنَّمَ دَاخِرِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, which means, and your Rabb said, Call me and I will respond. Ud'uni astajib lakum. Allah did not say call me through this one, that one. No. You call me, I respond. Call me at this time, that time. No, whatever. Ud'uni astajib lakum. Now how can we even thank the one who tells us even before we meet him that if we ask him, he will give us. There are three things to understand and remember in this context of asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number one is that we are asking the one whose treasures and powers have no boundaries. This is one of, our, one of the problems of our dua. Somebody is sick, we make dua for him and then the back of the mind, the tape is running. No, 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 you know, the doctor said this person has cancer, terminal, fourth stage, nothing can be done. Then why are you asking Allah? Don't waste your time. If that's the way you're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what's the point? Who are you asking? Are you asking the doctor's boss? Or are you asking the one who created the disease and who created the cure for that disease? Which one? Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and before you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, understand there are no boundaries. There are no limits. Either to his treasures or to his power. To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala belongs all that we know and all that we don't know. 
and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can do all that we can imagine and all that we cannot imagine number 2 remember that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has no need for anything that we ask him so he when he gives it to us he doesn't lose anything he's not diminished in any way think of the most generous person you know you know somebody gives big big donations to the masjid or what not right some very generous person but remember even the best of them will reach a stage where the giving hurts where they start fearing i'm i'm writing to, my checks are got too many zeros they start fearing maybe i will even the quran advises allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said don't give so that you you get reach a stage where you are impoverished yourself right that's advice but allah subhanahu wa ta'ala everything belongs to him when it is with him it belongs to him when he gives it to you it still belongs to him he's not losing anything right and third allah subhanahu wa taala promised to give and he is true to his promise la yukhlifu al-miyat whoever you go to the closest dearest friend even if he tells you i'll help you he didn't promise that he will give you what you want at that point in time but allah promised uduni without boundaries astajib lakum i will give you our problem is we are in a hurry and so we ask a few times if we don't get it we lose hope we despair rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said allah does not get tired of giving you ask you ask Now Al Ghazali rahmatullahi said as I look back on my life I realized that every time I thought I was being denied something good I was actually being redirected to something better And then he says he continues you must convince your heart that whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed is the most appropriate and the most beneficial for you Believe me some <laughs> whenever I say these things I remember if you live as long as I have lived you will remember duas that you made You really begged and pleaded with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Every holy place, you went and cried, you wept, you, you wept your eyes out. Allah did not give it. Allah did not give it. Today, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty years later, you think about it and you say, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, Allah did not give me what I was begging. If Allah had given me what I begged Him to give me, today I would be begging Him to take it away. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. Allah knows what is best for us. And it is our job to understand this. Final point to close the difference between abd and khadim. I'm not going into the semantics of it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I began last khutbah with the first ayat of surah al-isra. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said subhanallazi asra bi abdihi laylan min al-masjid al-harami ila al-masjid al-aqsa allah said all glory and magnificence is for the one who took his abd who took his slave he did not even say he took his rasul now is rasul was rasul he could have said rasulihi he didn't say that he said abdihi why because when allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls you abdi this is a higher honor even than being the rasul because allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to give nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam is not going to call him and give him something which is number 2 highest honor what is the highest honor when allah says abdi 
this is our one allah subhanahu wa taala we are the ibad of allah now why am i making a big thing about this very simple because the difference between a slave and a servant as i said i'm not going into the semantics of it i'm going into the understanding and meaning of it who is a servant servant is somebody who is in service of something so you say i i i'm i'm serving this one or that one i'm serving uh, the this company i work for ge i work for uh, microsoft i i work for you know the government or what not right you are serving what does that imply it implies that you applied for the job right nobody came in the middle of the night and dragged you there no you applied for you like the job you applied for the job you passed whatever criteria they had and you were selected and how long will you work in that job as long as you want or as until you retire whichever comes first so the moment you don't like the job you want to leave you get another offer which is better or not can you leave yes you write a letter of resignation salam alaikum if there is a notice period finish it you go home while in the job you are given an instruction do this or do that yes you are duty bound to do that but do you still have discretion to say excuse me this one i am not doing this i am not doing because this is against my religion this is against my belief what not what not i am not doing this job i can't serve this kind of food because this food is you know i'm not permitted to serve this kind of food i can't dress in this particular way because it is against my beliefs what not right you have discretion you join the job by choice you can leave the job by choice you have discretion in what you want to obey and what you don't want to obey number 4 your employer is only committed to fulfilling the employment contract whatever the contract is your salary is so much your perks are so much that's it period can you go to your employer and say you know what my son wants to go to medical school and that's what the fees cost and uh, can you give it to me you can make a personal request if you want if he gives you but is this part of your employment contract is the employer forced to give no he's not i'm sorry i mean i have you have work you work for me not your son but what's the situation of a slave the situation of a slave is that none of this applies to the slave the slave is owned by the owner that is why slavery is haram in islam islam in islam it is haram to take an in, a, a free person and make them a slave it is haram in islam there is no slavery in islam slavery is not permissible not permitted you cannot take a free person and enslave them because a slave is owned does the slave have free will no does the slave have any choice no what is the will of the slave the will of the master the master says do this the slave has to do it can the slave leave his slavery salam alaikum i'm no longer your slave goodbye no he can't go anywhere right and what about the responsibility of the master the responsibility of the master is every need of the slave there is no need of the slave that the master can say sorry i i can't do this no way no way forget slave we know the hadith rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said there was this person who locked up her cat in her house and this cat died and allah will put her in jahannam 
a cat. Why? Because she owned this cat. Total responsibility. She's going to jail because a cat died. Complete responsibility. Now tell me, you want to be Allah's employee or you want to be Allah's slave? You are Allah's slave anyway. I'm Allah's slave anyway, but I'm just saying, choice. You want to be employed? I work for which, which one? You can't do that. Volunteer. I'm just saying, think about it. You know why I'm saying that? Because this is our problem. We are the ibad of Allah. We are the slaves of, of Allah, but we act as if we are the employees of Allah. Khuddamullah. Are you ibadullah or khuddamullah? Are you a khadim or, a, or an abd? Why do I say that? Because we obey selectively. Selective obedience is disobedience. What did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tell us to do? Ya ayyuhalladhina aman udkhulu fi silmi kafatan. Enter into Islam completely, not partially. Our problem is we are the ibad of Allah, but we act as if we are the employees of Allah. This is the problem. Selective obedience. I like this, I will do it. I don't like that, I won't do it. Even though both are equally the ahkam, equally the orders of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's no difference. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu, al-khamru wal-maysiru wal-ansabu wal-azlamu rijusum minama li-shaytani fashtanibu. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, all intoxicants. Oh yeah, that's okay. I mean, alcohol, but you know, recreational use of marijuana is legal in this country. So, if I smoke a joint, so what? I really feel sorry for the hippies of the 60s and 70s. Poor guys got jailed for recreational use of marijuana. What do you think they were doing? I say, yeah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said gambling is haram, but it's okay, lotteries. It's all right. Brother, if I take out the lottery, how will I eat? How will I, how will I support my family? Inna lillahi wa inna ilaha rajiha. Inna lillahi wa inna ilaha rajiha. You think Allah is so weak that he needs you to indulge in haram to feed yourself and your family? My brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu gave us this beautiful, beautiful deen. Let us appreciate it. Let us be thankful for it. And the way to appreciate and be thankful is to follow it. And then you will see how the barakah, how the blessing of this deen comes into your and my life. The beauty of Islam is, and I'm, I never tire of saying this, the beauty of Islam is that if you follow Islam completely and totally, it makes you and me a winner in this world and the next. Both places. This is the beauty. Islam does not say leave this world, you know, die in poverty and then you go to Jannah. No. Live in this world as the most popular, as the most powerful, as the most influential person in complete and total contentment of the heart. No fear, no worry, no stress. Connected with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Jalla Jalaluhu. And then when we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we look forward to his mercy, we look forward to his forgiveness. What's wrong with that? Tell me. 
what is wrong with this picture that I'm painting before you for myself and you. And if there's nothing wrong with that picture, my brothers and sisters, we have to do something about it. It's not magic. It doesn't just happen. And the doing begins with istighfar and tawbah. Acknowledge that we have lived a life which has problems with it. Change that life. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalla to bless all of you, to be pleased with all of you, to protect all of you, to give you from places that you cannot imagine. Allah, I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept all your du'as with khair and barakah and afiyah. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give you things which you cannot even imagine and to protect you from difficulties and harm which you did not even know that exists. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect you and to your families. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make your children a coolness of your eyes and, and make them true, uh, a, a beautiful legacy that you leave behind for the world. Rabbana faqfir lana dhunubana wa kaffir lana sayyatina wa tuwafana ma'al barat. Rabbana zalamna anfusana wa illam taqfir lana wa tarhamna lana kunna min al-khasirin. La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inna kunna min al-zalimin. Rabbi qir warhamu ma anta khairul rahimin. Amin ya rabbal alameen. Ya ibadallah. رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينحى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعزكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم عدو يستجيب لكم ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقيم الصلاة